talking about generosity, getting that generosity into our children. Pastor Andrew Price is our children's pastor. He's doing a great job at that, and the kids are getting fired up about um, next weekend as we uh, give our offering fit for a king. The kids are also getting fired up about the very next weekend when our missionaries are going to be here, and we're going to be making pledges uh, to them and uh, to outreach to the Bread of Life, the ministry that helps those who are struggling and having a, a very difficult time financially. And there are a lot of those right now. And it also goes to um, help on the expense of our new building. We'll be talking about that a little bit uh, this morning. Uh, the title of our sermon is um, Plastic Donuts. If you're here for the very first time, that may sound like a weird title to you. It is based on a book by the same title. Uh, the writer of that book is Jeff Anderson. We have the book out in the uh, Resource Center, and we would invite you to pick that book up if you'd like to learn more about what God's Word has to say about generosity and giving and the positive impact it has on your life when you are a generous person. I believe that God is calling our church to another level of uh, generosity. Now again, let me just say that I believe you are a very generous church, and I preached this last week and said to you that you are the most generous church that I've ever served as pastor. And so I guess what we could do with that, if we wanted to, is say, well, we've reached it. We, we're we're uh, doing more than maybe a lot of other churches in the area of generosity, so, so we're good to go. Well, God just doesn't work like that. Uh, God is speaking to us today, and I want to be very blunt with you this morning about what I believe God is saying to our church. And I've been very, um, I've been very prayerful about making the statement to you that I'm about to make to you, because if you don't receive it the right way, it could sound like a manipulative statement, but God knows my heart. I don't want to manipulate anybody. But this is what I believe God is saying, not just to us, but I believe he's saying it to all of his children. That, yes, we are in difficult times, and yes, times will probably get even more difficult than they are right now. But if I can get it through you, I will get it to you. And so if I think what the Lord's saying is, you know, Pastor Farrell, uh, Bridge, if you guys will just stay generous, remain generous, and if you will raise your level of generosity, it doesn't matter how bad things get, I take care of people who trust me. I take care of people who believe me. I take care of people who no matter what Wall Street is saying, no matter what um, the news is saying, no matter what the economic report is, no matter what the stock market is saying, no matter what is coming in from government agencies and groups that measure the economy and the future of the economy, I believe God is saying to us that no matter what those reports are, if you will obey me and you will trust me, especially in the most seemingly difficult times, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. 
And so hear the word of the Lord this morning. I'm, I'm hearing it for myself and for my family. And uh, I believe that this is a test. I believe what we're going through economically in this country and what a lot of you are going through economically in your personal life, I believe we're being tested. I believe uh, we're going through a time where God is saying, I want to see if my children are going to still trust me and still believe me, even when things around them look difficult. Let's look at the three-part challenge that is before us uh, this morning. And uh, we have talked about this before. I've got it all on one slide for you here today. Uh, one way that you can become uh, more generous is to get involved, serve. Uh, we have many, many, many places within our church you can serve. I want you to know this morning that your outreach team, the Bridge Outreach Team, is at the Wayne County Fair this morning providing a worship service for all of the people who are employed by the fair. And I want you to give your outreach team a great big hand. So Pastor Jimmy's over there preaching, and, uh, and he's ministering, and we've been at the fair uh, since it started. Anybody here volunteered at the fair this week? Let me see. Yeah, good, awesome. And so we're, we're passing out some free items, and uh, we're trying to be generous uh, to our community. And so people are coming by our little uh, booth, our little tent there, and picking up some things about the bridge and about the Lord, asking questions about our church and asking questions about the Lord. And so we appreciate all of you who have served there. Now yesterday, not only was our outreach team at the Wayne County Fair uh, reaching out to whoever came by the tent, uh, they were also at the prison yesterday. And uh, I believe, the, were y'all in Rocky Mount yesterday? Is that where you were? Raleigh, and Raleigh, uh, was it the women's prison you guys were at? Raleigh women's prison, and I was hearing somebody, this, oh, I know who it was, it was Chris Sykes uh, this morning, uh, came by to pick Mitch up, they're serving at the, uh, at the fair today, and uh, he said yesterday it was raining, it started raining at the prison, and of course you know Pastor Jimmy has one thing on his menu, and what is that? hot dogs and so he's got his grill and stuff and it starts raining and and Chris said man you should have seen him and Joey Lancaster they it was like it didn't even matter if it rained they had a plan and they kept cooking those hot dogs and making those uh, ladies at the women's prison happy and they tell me that there are some women at the women's prison who can eat six hot dogs that's what I've heard I've just heard that and so and so we just love Pastor Jimmy. Has he got the heart? He's got the heart, doesn't he? We are so blessed to have Pastor Jimmy, Brian. And, and not just him, but all of our staff members. But I tell you, I couldn't have a better outreach pastor. I had, a, I had an opportunity uh, Friday night and most of the day yesterday to speak to pastors uh, who are trying to get their ministerial credentials. And so I went and did a uh, leadership um, a, a, a lesson seminar type lesson on the making of a leader and in that teaching I just talked to them about how blessed we are here at the bridge uh, with our staff every staff member we have owns uh, their responsibility they own their responsibility it is not something that I have to walk behind them and prod and push and and they're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination uh, none of us on staff are perfect but I tell you what I love, I love the heart of our staff. Everybody gets it. 
Everybody on staff gets what we're trying to do here, and, uh, and we just uh, I love them. So uh, I say all that in relation to serving. So if you're not serving, we have just many, many, many places on campus, at our other campus in Goldsboro that meets on Thursday night and Saturday night. And then, of course, we have two services here on Sunday morning. Many, many, many places for you to serve and help uh, come under the load of ministry. And, uh, you know, if everybody puts their shoulder under that weight, it's not too heavy for anybody. And uh, so guys, volunteer to serve. You say, well, how do I do that? There's a couple ways you can do it. There's a little card you can fill out at both exits today. You just leave it there. Check the things you're interested in serving. Uh, you're not signing up for anything. You're just saying, I want more information. You can also go online. There's a little... Um, link on the home page that says serve you just click on that link and there's an online form you just fill it out let us know uh, that you want to serve we'll get you plugged into something here at the church or outside the church in an outreach uh, ministry that you can be involved in because it see when you're serving then that means God's getting it through you so if God can get it through you he'll get it I'm telling you But if you're going to hoard his blessings, he is not going to get it to you. But if you're going to trust him and be generous with what he puts in your hand, he'll keep putting more and more and more in your hand. Until the Bible says you can't even hold it all. That's a pretty cool blessing right there, isn't it? But you've got to let it flow through you. Just don't make it all about you. You say, well, there are some things about me. I understand that. But it's not all about you. Those, those were my crazy eyes right there. <laughs> okay, volunteer to serve. Uh, number two, pray. I want you to pray with your family because next weekend we're going to receive the offering fit for a king. We're going to be receiving that offering. Millie and I have prayed. We believe God's put an amount on our heart. But I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to remain open up until the last minute because we never know what God will say right at the last minute. We're going to be given the biggest offering we've ever given to this church. Millie and I are. And we're asking you to do that. The basis of the challenge is that if you're not a tither, that you will tithe next weekend. Because in Malachi, God says, test me on that. Test me. God basically says, this is the Pharaoh Hardison paraphrase, God says, bring it. Test me. See what happens. See what I'll do. So church, I want you to be generous next weekend. Let's be generous. Let's test God. Those of you who already tithe, I want to challenge you to bring your tithe like you always do every Sunday, but I want you to bring a special offering above your tithe. Do as much as you can do, and let's see what God does in our church and then the next weekend where he talked about our missionaries are coming and uh, we're not going to be taking up a special offering that day but we're going to be asking you to make a pledge as to what you will give to the giving life fund which includes missionaries it includes bread of life which helps those who are in need and it includes our new building back here and that giving life fund is above your tithe it's your offering. Millie and I have also pledged to that, and we give every month to giving, giving um, the Giving Life Fund. And the reason I want you to do that, guys, the reason I want you to participate in these things is because it makes you feel like you're having a part in what's going on. As a matter of fact, last week, that was the very uh, words that were in the Scripture. The Macedonians, the Macedonian churches said, we want to have a part 
And you, you might not be able to give much to the Giving Life Fund, but if you give just a little bit, then when something happens related to that, you can say, I, 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 I gave to that. I, I had a part in that. Might not have been a big part, but you know what? When everybody does what they can, and when everybody does even beyond what they can, we talked about that, giving supernaturally beyond what you can, then God does miraculous things. He does miraculous things. You know, I think about that little boy with the bread and the fish and all those uh, 5,000 men plus women and children. So more than likely there were at least 15,000 people there. And the Bible says that that little boy gave Jesus how much of his lunch? Gave him all of it. And Jesus blessed his lunch and he broke it and he prayed over it and he sent it out. He distributed it. And the Bible says when that little boy went home that afternoon after that, that he had uh, 12 baskets of food left over. And y'all heard me tell that little funny story where he gets home and his mama says, boy, what in the world? And he goes, mama, you wouldn't even believe it if I told you. I just believe that little boy. I can't imagine what that was like when he got home that day. God took his little lunch and blessed it because he was willing to give beyond what he was able I mean, he took food out of his own mouth and gave it to others, but look what he ended up with. It's a biblical principle. So this is the challenge before us. Let's look at a definition of generosity, not just generosity, but supernatural generosity. God-enabled generosity. In other words, that's what it is. It's a God-enabled attitude. It's a God-enabled perspective of generosity. It's, it's not a natural way of looking at being generous. It's a supernatural way of looking at generosity. Seeing needs through the eyes of God and seeing those needs met through the eyes of God, met in a miraculous way. We, here's what we've talked about already. We said, first of all, we, we are giving you four things to begin with, and then I'm going to close with five little things very quickly. Uh, first of all, supernatural generosity is to be enjoyable. And um, we... Um, Put that up there, and then guys, if you'll go to the, and then go to the next slide, the next one, um, you can see right there at the end of that verse, it says, they gave much because of their great what? Joy. So supernatural giving is, genero- is, is um, joyful, enjoyable. Look at the second thing. Supernatural generosity is supernatural. That's deep right there, ain't it? Supernatural generosity is uh, supernatural. And here's what I mean by that. 2 Corinthians 8 and 3. For I testify, Paul said, that they gave as much as they were able and even what? Beyond their ability. You remember? You remember? Just for those of you who haven't been here, we've got three groups of churches. We've got the Jerusalem churches. And they were in poverty. As a matter of fact, they weren't eating. They, they were just in very strict, strict, terrible Uh, oppressive poverty and then we had the Macedonian churches who were also in poverty themselves but not as bad as the Jerusalem churches not only were the Macedonian churches in poverty but they were under pressure from the Romans I mean their lives were being threatened every day and Paul comes to the Macedonian churches and said guys I know you got it rough but I got to tell you the Jerusalem churches have it rougher And I was wondering if you guys could do anything to bless them. And the Macedonian churches, like Philippians, uh, the letter to the Philippians, Philippi and the uh, uh, Thessalonians, uh, they rose up and gave in this offering. They were very excited to give. They gave with joy. And they blessed the church. Well, over here in Greece, you got another church called the Corinthian church. 
So Paul is talking to the Corinthians about what the Macedonians did because Paul wants to motivate the Corinthians to also bless the Jerusalem church that's in great poverty. And that's what this writing is. We're going to be all in that today where he's talking to the Corinthians. So we found out that um, supernatural generosity is enjoyable. It's supernatural. You're able to give even beyond your ability. Somebody said natural giving is when you give what you're able to give. Supernatural giving is when you give beyond what you're able to give. Number three, supernatural generosity is enthusiastic. Look what he said in 2 Corinthians 8 and 4. It says, of their own free will. He's, Paul, remember now, this is the Macedonian church he's talking about, but he's talking to the Corinthian church about how the Macedonian church was so good to the Jerusalem church. He said, I want you Corinthians to know that these Macedonian churches gave of their own free will and begged us and pleaded for the privilege of, everybody say those next three words, begged for the privilege of what? Having a part. That's all I'm asking you to do. I want you to have a part in what God's doing here at the bridge. Having a part in what? Helping God's people in Judea. And, and by that he meant the churches in Jerusalem. And we looked at that word enthusiasm. It means in theos, in God. Enthusiasm comes from being in God. And then the fourth thing, which brings us to the message today, supernatural generosity should be a spiritual habit in your life. It will be a spiritual habit in your life. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that people who have reached the level where they're giving supernaturally, these people no longer have to be psyched up to give. They no longer have to hear a sermon series like this to give. They don't have to be motivated to give. They have just set themselves that they're going to be generous every day of their life. And so they give and they are generous and it has become a spiritual habit in their lives. I love 2 Corinthians 8 and 5. Look at that verse. It says, they gave in a way we did not expect. I think that's going to happen next week in a positive way they gave in a way we did not expect Paul said they first gave themselves to who the Lord would you think that's most important that we give ourselves to the Lord they gave themselves to the Lord he said and then they gave themselves to us in service and ministry just like I was talking about earlier about volunteering getting involved he says and I want you to know that this is what what? Everybody say it. This is what God wants. See, see you're, you're missing the whole point, I'm telling you. And uh, I heard a funny story last night. Somebody said they were sitting in the overflow. <clears throat> I got a feeling that guy isn't here today, so I think I can tell this story. They said they were sitting in the overflow, and I was up here preaching. Hey, look at my bottle of water. That's the leaning <laughs> bottle of Pisa right there. What that? Okay. I'm sorry. Squirrel. Um, <clears throat> but they said they were sitting behind this guy uh, the other week when I was preaching on giving. And they said, I hadn't been preaching five minutes. And he looked at his wife and said, I ain't sitting in here listening to him beg for money. Whew. It went right over his head. He doesn't even understand what we're talking about here. If you're sitting here thinking like that, thinking I can't wait to get out of here. And I heard somebody else say, man, I brought a visitor and pastor's up there talking about money. Listen, we gotta get this right right here, guys. We gotta get this right. It doesn't matter 
It doesn't matter how much you pray. It doesn't matter how much you read the Bible. It doesn't matter how much you come to church. You can serve till your fingers are raw in the church. I'm telling you, until you get this part of generosity, there are breakthroughs you are never going to have in your life. Say, well, I'm going to serve, man. I'm going to give my time. I'm going to give my effort. I'm going to work. I'm going to serve. I'm going to have my Bible study. I'm going to have my prayer time, but I'm going to write a $10 check every Sunday. That's all I'm doing. And you say, say, well, well, uh, do do you still want me to come to church here? Of course I do. Sure I do. Because I'm telling you, if you're going to keep talking like this, I'll just go to church somewhere else. Well, that same principle is going to be true at that other church you go to. What I'm preaching here is not about us only. This is a principle that is going to follow you wherever you go. These are things God expects of us as his followers. So he says they gave themselves to the Lord. They gave themselves to us. This is what God wants. And we teach this in our D3 class. Our D3 class, I believe the last time it was taught by Mark Peck, and I hope you take that class. It's very, very important to take D3. It helps you you, um, get a picture of what a mature Christian looks like, and and in that class, we talk about giving. We talk about tithing. We talk about generosity. We talk about what a mature Christian looks like. Um, Thinking about this idea of a spiritual habit, I've been noticing something um, in, the, in the reports that are coming in on our financial stuff here at the church, that we've got more and more people who are giving online. As a matter of fact, about 30% of the giving that comes into our church is online. And another growing number that's happening is people who are setting up an amount to be just drafted automatically every month. And when I saw that, I thought, you know, that's a person who just wants to make generosity and giving a habit. They just want to make it a habit. They want, to, they want to make sure they don't forget. A lot of times we fail to give not because we are selfish, but sometimes we fail to give because we just forget. We're forgetful. And so that's one way you can do it and make sure that, that you're giving on a regular basis. I do that sometimes uh, in the giving. And I told my wife recently that what I want to do on our Giving Life Fund <clears throat> is just go ahead and set that up so that it's drafted right out of our account every month, a spiritual habit. You say, well, how do I do that? Just go to our website and click on Give and follow the instructions, and you can do that. We're, another request that we've had here at the church recently is that, Pastor, I, I pay just about all everything. I, I buy just about everything with my debit card. And we had somebody say to us the other week, man, I was going to give in your offering, but I didn't, I didn't see anywhere to put my debit card information. Now, as you hear me talking about this, you can choose how you want to receive this today. You can say, oh, I see what you're doing. Everywhere we turn, there's going to be somewhere to put your money in. Yeah, we are. We're going to make it easy for you. We'll make it easy for you. As a matter of fact, in the new building, there's going to be a giving kiosk. Uh, where you can walk up and, and, and give and, uh, at the kiosk on a Wednesday night. We don't take an offering on Wednesday nights, but a lot of people uh, need to give on Wednesday night because that's when they got paid. And so we're going to have a lot of different ways uh, that you can give. And, and we're going to have it where you can give online. You can give automatically online. You can give at the giving kiosk. You can give when the offering bag comes by you. 
Um, you, we don't expect you to give at all these places unless you feel so inclined. You can give to every one of those spots. What we're doing is just making it more convenient uh, for you to be able to obey God in this area. So, so you're going to notice on some new offering envelopes that are coming out here before too long that if you want to enter your debit card information in there, uh, we don't want to do credit cards because we don't want to help you get in debt, but we, we do want to do credit cards, uh, debit cards. Uh, matter of fact, when I use my debit card, I actually hear a little sucking sound every time I run it through that. Do you all hear that? There's pulling it right out of your account right there. And um, so we're going to make that available to you. 2 Corinthians 8.19, look what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians 8.19, your offering is a what? Service that what? Glorifies the Lord. Your offering is a service that glorifies the Lord and shows your to, isn't that? Now that's in the Bible. That's, that's not Pastor Farrell. I know sometimes y'all think I make verses up. But when I do, I tell you it's chapter Pharaoh, it's Pharaoh chapter 4, verse 7, you know. So the greatest miracle of next weekend is not that we're gonna get a good offering to do some things we need to do. It's not even the amount of the offering. I'm telling you, the greatest thing that's gonna happen next weekend is what's gonna happen in you. It's what's gonna happen in your heart. The miracle of next weekend is what's going to happen to you. Every time we do this, let me tell you two things that happen every time we do this. Somebody gets mad, <laughs> and somebody comes and goes, I've never tithed before, and I tithe that weekend, and pastor, I've had breakthrough in areas of my life that I've never had breakthrough before. Every year. And um, let your report be one of the good ones. Every time that you are radically generous with your life, every time you are generous with your attention, especially to people, uh, you know, who seemingly don't deserve our attention. I told those pastors yesterday, I said, I said, how you treat the least of these will determine whether God sends you the equipped people, leadership-style people who can do your ministry. I said, so guys, if you're pastoring a church where uh, you're having a lot of people come in right now who are just very needy, how you treat them and how you love them is going to determine whether God sends you equipped, strong soldiers to help you get your ministry done. Do you all believe that? I tell you, every person that walks in this church, how we treat them, how we love them, every person, no matter their status in life, no matter their education, no matter their personality, no matter if we treat everybody the same and love and love them the way Jesus would love them, how many of you know that's sowing? So when you sow that kind of love, God's going to send you people who have the resources to build the kind of ministry and, and make the dream happen that God's put in your heart. Does that make sense here today? So when you are generous with your sympathy, you know, some people haven't really suffered very much. Some people have suffered a whole lot, and some people really, 
when they look at their life and they almost feel guilty about it because they haven't suffered as much as they've seen a lot of other people suffer. And so, and so it's hard when you haven't suffered and you haven't gone through some hardships to feel for those who have. But did you know God will enable you to feel what they feel even though you haven't been through what they've been through? God will enable you to feel their heart. If God knows you're going to be generous with your empathy, if God knows you're going to be generous with your sympathy, then God will help you understand the pain of people who have been through stuff you've never been through. When you're generous with your time, when you're generous with your service, when you're generous with your compliments. I was sitting in a restaurant the other day. Where were Millie, Millie and I having lunch? Bojangles. <laughs> We usually take that home so we can lay down and eat it. Um, <laughs> that's when it's the best. It's kind of got you. <clears throat> we were at the new uh, Longhorn. Longhorn. It was great. It was great. Great service, great food, great atmosphere. So I called the manager over. And he walked over to my table and I could tell he was like, go ahead. I said, man, I want to tell you something. I got great food. I got great service. And I love the atmosphere in here. And he just was like, mmm. And I said, I pastor a church with 1,500 people, and I'm going to tell them. And then he really got happy. Uh, be, be generous with your compliments. Don't be a jerk when you're in a restaurant. Don't be a jerk to the waitress, a jerk to the waiter. Be generous, be kind. They're people. They're people too. And who knows, one day you might serve them. And they might go brave hard on you. <laughs> You're going to reap what you... Sow those compliments. You, need, you say, well, I wish people would be more complimentary. When's the last time you were complimentary? You know, somebody, somebody was talking to me recently about something they felt like our church should have done more of. I said, well, let me ask you a question. Um, when's the last time you did that? <laughs> you reap what you sow. You know, if you're, if, you're, if you're sitting around and you're isolated and you're angry and you're mad because nobody will be kind and loving to you, and you just want to point the other way, you might need to just look in the mirror and go, when's the last time I was kind and loving to somebody? Man, I'm preaching now. Be generous with your praise. Be generous with your forgiveness. Because guess what? You might need some of that. You might need some forgiveness. Be generous with your mercy. What does it, what does it, um, what that does when you're generous in those areas is create an amazing transformation in you. You say, well, sometimes I'm nice to people and they're not nice back. Really? Call Channel 5 News. Because, buddy, that's a big news story. You were nice and they weren't nice back? Man, 20, 20, 60 minutes. They got to get that. Bible doesn't say be kind if they're kind back. Bible doesn't say be generous if they're generous back. The Bible just says be kind. Be generous. Because the, the when you do that, even though you didn't get back what you were hoping to get back from that person, when you do that, something good happens in you. 
So if you're nice to somebody and they're mean back, just look at them and go, I want you to know you just helped me become a better Christian. Now, they'll look at you strange, but it will be true. Let me give you very quickly, uh, in closing, five things that somebody's spiritual. Somebody knows God in this church. Five things, guys, that will happen when you're radically generous. Number one, uh, it'll increase your love for Jesus. Look what the Bible said. Anybody want there? Anybody want to love Jesus more than they love Him right now? He said, "I don't know how I could, but if you could, would you want to?" Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 8, 7 and 9. He said, but since you excel in everything. Now, this is Paul talking about the Corinthian church, talking to the Corinthian church about helping the Jerusalem church. He says, guys, I want you to know that I've been watching you. You excel in faith. He said, you excel in speech. You excel in knowledge. I mean, you guys got it going on. I mean, in complete earnestness, you excel, and in the love you have that we have kindled in you, we see you doing that. He said, what I want to make sure of is you don't think that's everything, he said, because I want you to also excel in the grace of... He says in verse 8, I'm not commanding you because I don't want you to give under pressure. He says... I'm not commanding you, but I want to testify. I want to test, notice this, what he says, I want to test the sincerity of your love. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. We're going to take up a special offering. I ain't going to be there that Sunday. Mm. Test your love. Because I want to compare it with the earnestness of others. So I'm comparing you guys over here in Corinth. I'm comparing your earnestness with the earnestness of the Macedonian churches. Look at verse 9. He says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And then right after that, it doesn't record it here, but Paul said to them, Booyah. Every time you give, every time I give, every time we're generous with anything in our life, two things happens. It proves that we love Jesus, and it strengthens and increases our love for Jesus. The second thing is, and before I say the second thing, I saw the coolest bumper sticker. Matter of fact, I'm going to get me one. It says, tithe if you love Jesus. Anybody can honk. <laughs> You ever honked at one of those cars that's got that honk if you love Jesus? Man, you get the skunk eye. Sometimes you get the, you're number one. Um, the second thing that'll happen in you is supernatural generosity will make you more like Jesus. Anybody want to be more like Jesus? Because Jesus is always our example in everything, including generosity. Look at 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. We just read it. Let's read it again. He said, for you know, if you want to see how giving Jesus is, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. What's grace? Unmerited favor, undeserved love, undeserved generosity. For you know that the undeserved generosity that our Lord Jesus Christ gave to you uh, and showed it that in the fact that though he was rich, he was in heaven, he had it all. He was in the glorious place called heaven. He had everything, yet for your sake he left it all 
and became poor. He gave it all up and became poor for whose sake? So that you, through his poverty, might become spiritually rich. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he If you think about all the attributes of God, the number one attribute is generosity. Everything you possess came from his hand. You have nothing without his generosity. You say, well, pastor, why is it more than anything else God wants me to be generous? Because that's when you're most like him. You're most like him when you are generous. I mean, think about what he gave. His only begotten son. How many of you could give up your child for people who don't even really care about you? God says, I didn't put you on the earth to live for yourself. I put you on the earth to be generous. I put you on the earth to be unselfish. I made you to be like me. The third thing that happens in you when you're generous is this. Supernatural generosity will deepen your faith in Jesus. It will deepen your faith. It will make you a stronger Christian. Generosity doesn't just demonstrate your faith. It grows your faith. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because every time you give something to someone else, you, here's what you're saying. Listen to this. I just wrote this down. God, this is something I could use for myself, but I'm going to give it away. And I'm going to give it away because I know that you'll take care of my needs. I know that you'll replace the thing that I gave away. I know that you're going to supply my needs, so I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to give this away. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. And we've referred to this verse throughout the series, but we're going to nail it down today. Look at this. Paul says, remember this. Now, when Paul says, remember this, the reason he says that is because he wants you to... Exactly. Whosoever sows sparingly will also reap. Whosoever sows generously will also reap. Each of you, verse 7, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly. Now, we'll take it if you give it reluctantly, but he's wanting you to get blessed. So he says, don't give it reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And when you look up that word cheerful, Scott Jennings reminded me of that this week. It, that word there is hilarious. So when we're, when we're it is, the original word's hilarious. So when we're taking up the offering, y'all ought to be giggling. I'm going to be looking for that. <laughs> Verse 8. And, if, and God is able to what? How? So that in all things that having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. All, 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 all. Every, every, every. Look at verse 10 and 11. I love this from the message. The most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. God is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you can, get, you can then give away, which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. It's worship. When we're passing the plate, it's worship. If you use the kiosk, I want you to use the kiosk, and the whole time you're using it, I want you over there going, Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because it's worship. Your giving is worship. Look at the fourth thing very quickly. 
Supernatural generosity causes other people to what? Thank God. You're causing other people to worship. When you're generous, you cause other people to see the hand of God and worship and be thankful. How about that? Let's read it. 2 Corinthians 9, 11, and 12. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be. Mm. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things, Paul says, will result from this ministry of giving. Number one, the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. And number two, they, feel they will joyfully express their thanks to God. He said, so we're going to put food on their table and we're going to cause them to see the working of God and be thankful. And we're going to help them be better Christians. So every time you give to this church, and it all begins next weekend, you're saving marriages. When you give to this church, you're helping the addicted. When you give to this church, uh, you're helping people who have fall, fallen in the pits financially. We're going to teach them, if they'll take the classes, on how to get their financial house in order. And we're going to assist them. You're going to help kids come to Jesus. You're going to help students come to Jesus. You're going to help people of all ages get saved and baptized and discipled when you give to this church. You're going to give to the sick and the elderly when you give. You're going to help the gospel be declared outside these walls. You're going to feed the hungry when you give to this church. You're going to help impoverished children when you give to this church. And above all things, your giving is going to cause other people to recognize that there is a God in heaven. And they're going to turn to that God and be saved because of your generosity. Number five, supernatural generosity honors God as a witness to the whole world. Can I tell you that this church is having a global impact? You guys are having a global impact. I'm going to brag a little bit this morning. I got a letter from our denomination this week. Top 10 churches. Top 10 churches in giving. The bridge is number one. Number one. You're number one. You're having an impact. People are watching us. People are being inspired by your generosity. People in our denomination, churches in our community are being inspired. I say this with all humility. People are coming here every week to learn. How are you doing that? How are you doing that? How in the world are you guys doing that? How do you get so many people to serve? How do you get offerings like that when the economy is so bad? I'm telling you that you right here sitting in this place this morning are inspiring people all over the world to be more like Jesus. And because of your generosity, they see the hand of God and they worship God because of your generosity. And I love you. I love you for it. I love Love you for it. Second Corinthians nine thirteen. He says, "You will glorify God through this genuine act of service." He says to the Corinthian church, "Because of your commitment to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, and because of your generosity, God will be glorified around the world." I'm telling you, man, we're serious about the Great Commission in this church. 
We're serious about the Great Commission. We're committed to taking the good news to the whole wide world. We're committed to take seriously God's call to spread the gospel. In the 1990s, we started with 69 people, and God built this church up, and we were sort of inward focused because we had to get our church strong. So in the 1990s, God blessed us, and we built this building, and we moved over here, and God continued to bless us, and our church grew to about 400. And when we got there, we began to realize that our ministry now needed to be far more outward focused. And so we begin to reach out to our community and we begin to reach out more in missions. And the more we gave and the more we reached out to others and the more we let it flow out of us to other people, the more God poured into this church. I'm telling you, we're serious about reaching out. We're going intergalactic. We'll do Martian training tomorrow night. Those of you who want to sign up for Venus, that's next month. Here's two things I want you to do. Will you stand with me this morning? And will you just look at me and give me your full attention for five minutes? There's two things I want you to do. As a matter of fact, while I say this to you, if you don't mind, would you just bow your head and close your eyes? Because I want you to give me your full, I want you to hear what I say to you. Here's two things I want you to do. I want you to say in the next year, Lord, I'm going deeper. I'm not going to be a shallow Christian anymore. I'm not going to be a casual believer anymore. I'm not going to be a wimpy believer anymore. I'm going to be a spiritually mature man. I'm going to be a spiritually mature woman. I'm going to step up. I've been putting it off. I've been saying I was going to do it, but I'm going to do it. I want to grow. I'm going to put down some deep spiritual roots and I'm going to start pretending to be a committed Christian and I'm going to actually be a committed Christian and I'm going to be what God wants me to be. The second thing I want you to say to God is, God, in the next year, I want you to help me lead three people to you. I didn't say 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. I didn't even say 5. I want you in the next year, I want you to say, God, in the next year, I want you to help me reach three people for you. Do you know what would happen to this church if every adult and every teenager led three people to Jesus? Do you know what would happen to this church? Do you think that's asking a whole lot to lead three people to Jesus in one year? You say, I want to do more than that. Well, Let's do three first. You can't do more till we do three. Three people who don't know Christ that you invest in their lives so you can lead them to Christ. You see, when you get to heaven, I want somebody to walk up to you and say, thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you shared Jesus with me. I'm in heaven because of you. Can I ask you a question while your heads are back? Is somebody going to be in heaven because of you? Is there somebody who was going to hell, but they're going to be in heaven because you were a witness to them? See, you're going to be in heaven because somebody touched your life. If you're saved today, if you know Jesus Christ, you're going to be in heaven because somebody touched your life. So whose life are you going to touch? I want you to say, dear God, help me reach three people for you 
in the next year. And I believe God will answer that prayer. Here's what I'm saying to you today. I want our church to shine like stars in the universe. And I want us to hold forth the light of God's word and take it to every nation. And in my heart, it all starts this weekend. Paul said in this message today that our generosity is a true test of our genuine commitment to God and to His cause. Are you going to pass that test? It all begins this coming weekend. Father, we thank You today for Your Word to us. We thank You, Father, for touching our life and making us able to bless. And Lord, we don't want to be prideful about it, but we're so thankful today that you've blessed our church so much that for the first time in the history of this church, we are number one in giving in our denomination. And I'm very proud of that. I'm proud of that in a, in a, in a humble way, a good way. I'm very proud of this congregation. And what you're saying to us, Lord, is if we'll just keep on being generous, no matter what the world is saying, no matter how many people go, you can't do that, you can't do that, times are too bad, times are too hard, you can't do that, that if we'll just hear God in the midst of all that negativity, if we'll just hear God say, I'm still God, and I still have control of every dollar. And if I can get it through you, I promise I'll get it to you. Help us hear that today, in Jesus' name.